You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. And welcome to the 42 cast, your ultimate answer for fandom, geekiness, and everything. We've just come off probably the longest wait to get a podcast started that has ever happened. We have had technical glitches up the wazoo, so I am hoping that that does not plague us as we talk today because we've got a really fun podcast coming up. But to start things off, let's introduce the cast for this week. First up, we've got uh, someone who's returning to us after having talked to us about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, and he is the host of New Comic Day, uh, or I'm sorry, Why I Love Comics, and the uh, writer of the New Comic Day webcomic, and that is Mr. Eric Ratcliffe. How are you doing, Eric? Uh, yeah, I, I exist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you kind of had to race to get on the podcast today, didn't you? I just forgot what the starting time was. Listen, man. Okay. <laughs> I was at work for an extra hour, came home, did a couple things. Eh. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm glad that you were able to make it. I am glad that I was able to make it as well. Well, that's good. <laughs> so has anything uh, new and interesting happened to you since the last time you were on? Nope. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, moving right along then. <laughs> We also have another returning guest to the show. He is someone that has told us that he knows way too much about Voltron. And that is another Eric, and that is Eric McCracken. How are you doing, Eric? Uh, I'm doing well enough. Well, that's good. Um, anything new and exciting happened to you since the last time you were on? Also, no. Okay. <laughs> Now, Eric Ratcliffe, you weren't on when we were talking about this before, but by any chance, do you have a nickname or anything you go by besides Eric? Nope. Okay. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I don't believe in internet anonymity. There we go. Right. Anymore. <laughs> well, I was just wondering, because, you know, sometimes people have nicknames and stuff, uh, because, you know, two Eric's on, it might get a little confusing. So, uh, Eric McCracken, I think we're just going to call you the Kraken. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so, and finally, we have... Just uh, change your name to McGregor. We'll call you the uh, Highlander. <laughs> uh, finally, we have... There can a, only be one. <laughs> finally, we have a new member to the podcast. Uh, he is someone that years ago made a Faustian bargain to be both a nerd and jock at the same time. He is someone who can tell you how you can enjoy your favorite things while also telling you how to be fit, and that is my friend Jeff Mueller. How are you doing, Jeff? doing great man thanks for having me on the show i really appreciate it this is gonna be awesome all right great yeah no i i definitely want to have you on and i'm uh you know uh, you're one of the people that i was like somehow we got to find something and you uh you kind of jumped in on this one I, I did i did i have i have feelings and things to say there you go <laughs> so that's good since this is your first uh, episode of the 42 cast, why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself? 
Okay. Uh, my name's Jeff Muller. I live in Maryland, born and bred in Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, I've lived here my whole life. I am an avid comic book nerd, uh, fantasy nerd, uh, fitness nerd, martial arts nerd. Basically, I'm a giant nerd uh, with multiple interest streams. I run a website called thejerd.com, which is where I talk about fitness on a pretty, pretty regular basis. And I, uh, I also podcast. I do a, a fitness-based podcast called the Geek Fitness Matter Show uh, with my friend Ryan Day from Geek and Sundry, and that is the GFM podcast. So yeah, that's all the things that I do and all the things that I love. How nice. Now, do you have something that you consider your primary fandom, Jeff? I would say comic books, superheroes, and, and primarily superheroes, although fantasy is a close second. I, I my, my nerddom started the same year. I, I read The Hobbit and my first comic book in the same year. So <laughs> they, they've, been, they've been neck and neck my whole life. Oh, that's awesome. All right, well, it's good to have you on, Jeff. Thanks, man. All right. So those of you who have been here before know what's up next, and that is five questions. And for those of you just joining us, five questions is just a way for us to kind of loosen up before we dive into the topic. Basically, I have a whole bunch of questions that a random number generator spits out five random ones. They only have two possible answers, so it keeps us from getting too far off into the weeds. All right. So first question, do you take the red pill or the blue pill? Who's first? Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what that means, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? The Kraken? <laughs> yes, it's a Matrix reference. I just don't happen to remember which pill does what. So I'm going to say blue because I like blue better. Okay. <laughs> Eric? Oh, definitely red. Okay. Jeff? I'm a red pill kind of guy. I am also a red pill kind of guy. All right. So second question. Oh, sorry. But Ooh. the blue one was so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> that is perfectly fine. You can you can eat the blue pill. All right. So second question: Who wins in a fight, Terminator or RoboCop? RoboCop. Okay. Why why do you say RoboCop? Just curious. As uh, if I had to put it into words, RoboCop kind of has that human element to him. Also, he's one of a kind. While the Terminators were mass produced. Hmm. Yeah, and to clarify, I should say I do mean the Arnold Terminator, not T-1000 or any other crazy Terminator. Because that, that question has come up before, and I realized I need to clarify that, so. All right, Eric? Oh, RoboCop. Okay. Jeff? You guys are nuts. Obviously the Terminator, because if he loses, <laughs> he just come back in time again and try it a second and third time. <laughs> hey, he's not wrong. <laughs> See, I come at Terminator from a different standpoint, because I figure that RoboCop still got all kinds of squishy, meaty bits that the Terminator can just rip apart and kill, so I, I find the Terminator far more implacable character than RoboCop. Alright, third question. Marvel or DC? Marvel. <laughs> Without question, Marvel. Okay, so um, <laughs> why is that? I've just always preferred Marvel comics. They seem to be more, or I don't want to say grounded in reality, but <laughs> they deal, deal with things that DC never really dealt with. Also, Superman sucks. Okay, all right, starting fights, great. I hate everything about uh, <laughs> Both. Ha! Uh, you can't answer both. You gotta pick Too bad. one. I'm answering both. <sighs> You're a cheater. I read both. I enjoy both. They yeah, both have better? huge flaws. <laughs> Neither one is better. I'm sorry. I, I refuse to pick either because they both have good and awesome things. Oh, you're no fun at all. Jeff. I gotta ask, 
currently? Like, are you asking, like, right now, which is better, or just in general? In general. In general, I'm going to go with DC. I'm going to say DC's hero roster is much better across the board than Marvel. Even though I do read more Marvel comics now than DC. Okay. Yeah, I'm a Marvel guy, and that's, for a lot of what Eric said, I like the fact that Marvel is set in something closer to the real world. I think that it allows them to tell some stories that being in a in a sort of the more fictional cities and, and country that, you know, because it's like a different president in DC, but in Marvel, it's whoever is currently the president and our current politics and stuff like that. So uh, it lets them do different kinds of storytelling. I feel like Marvel embraced concepts about being uh, morally ambiguous before DC did, and I, I like the characters, even though I get that the iconic powers all fall on the DC side, I feel like the Marvel characters have uh, more interest. Although I will say a lot of my opinions on this came from the fact that I grew up watching Super Friends on TV, and then I watched the X-Men and Spider-Man series uh, in the <laughs> 90s. So the difference was stark, you know, between, you know, up, up and away, hello chum, you know, kind of stuff, to, you know, Wolverine punching Cyclops in the gut because he left one of the X-Men to die. So, you know... <laughs> My, my feelings on the two companies are heavily covered or colored by that, so. Uh, <laughs> Alright, so, fourth question. Uh, we got a non-geeky one. <clears throat> Vanilla or chocolate? Chocolate. Okay. Eric? Which Eric? I will refer to Eric McCracken as the Kraken, so Eric is, is oh, you. Okay. Uh, Vanilla. <laughs> got it. Joe? I'm going to go with vanilla because that's a flavor I always put in my protein shakes. Okay. Yeah, I, um, I prefer vanilla myself. I just like it better for whatever reason. Although, if I have an option of mix, I usually, like with ice cream, I, I usually will do a mix. Especially if it's soft serve. Yes. Definitely vanilla. Alright, and final question. Sci-fi or fantasy? I'm gonna have to go with fantasy. Okay. Why is that? Because it's fantastic. Okay. <laughs> Alright, Eric. <laughs> uh, I go with science fiction. Okay, why? <clears throat> Giant spaceships, awesome guns... Talking raccoons with giant <laughs> guns. Guns named Winona. Okay. So many cool things. But in fantasy, you could have a talking raccoon with a giant sword. Isn't that inherently better? Ugh, no. Oh. Get out of here. Swords are always get, better get, than guns. Get out of here. <laughs> right, Not when your name is fantasy, Rocket Raccoon all and you need that guy's eye. God. <laughs> all, right. all right, Jeff. Listen, I'm going to put it simply to you fools. All right? You give me a dwarf and an orc in the face with an axe, and I'm a happy man. <laughs> Fantasy over sci-fi any day of the week. Awesome. Yeah, I like them both, but I'm going to go with fantasy. I feel like fantasy... Fantasy does epic more often and better than sci-fi, in my opinion. There are sci-fi epics like Dune, but it's a different flavor. It's a lot more about a high-level philosophy than it is about just telling an amazing story that takes place, um, you know, throughout, uh, you know, a, a world and, and changes the lives of everybody in it. It's There's something about fantasy. There's something about the fact that uh, it, it can... It can I don't even know how to say it, but there's just something about fantasy I appreciate better, and I, I love epic fantasy way more than anything else, even though I appreciate a good, crunchy, hard sci-fi as well. Alright, so that's the end of five questions!
Yay! <laughs> so, uh, before we dive into the topic, uh, we'll take a short break for a promo from another fine podcast. What is the Geekly Oddcast? It's a panel show of television. I mean, seriously, where else was I supposed to go and watch Gomez Adams ride a rocket ship on a railroad track? Gaming. And the dice say... 17. Oh my god, 17 is Mystic Quest. And whatever comes to mind. Why does Zod need a starship? Alternating Thursdays on The Geekly Oddcast. And we're back. So this episode is titled Like Unto a Thing of Iron, which is a reference to the very first comic to feature Iron Fist. And it was a phrase that would be repeated for many, many years uh, that whenever he creates the Iron Fist, it changes his fist like unto a thing of iron, which is one of those turns of phrase that's always kind of amused me. So we're, we're going to talk about Iron Fist. We're going to talk about it in the context of being comic readers. Uh, I'm sorry, the Netflix series Iron Fist in the context of being comic book readers, being familiar with the comic. And uh, first off, though, I just kind of wanted to ask everybody, how do you rank the different Netflix series now that all four have come out? So, uh, Jeff, why don't we start with you and then go to Eric and then the Kraken? Okay, I think for me, still, the top of the heap is the first season of Daredevil. Uh, I don't think anything has come close to touching it yet. Second on the list is going to be Jessica Jones, followed closely by Luke Cage. Uh, Luke Cage faltered so, so much in the second half uh, that it just tarnished how great the first half of that series was. Mm. Then I'd go Daredevil season two. And then I think they put out an Iron Fist show, but I saw, I saw something, but it wasn't Iron Fist. So I don't know where that would sit on my list other than at the absolute bottom of the burning dumpster fire that it was. Okay. <laughs> you forget about Daredevil season two. No, he said it. He said, he said it was between uh, Luke Cage and uh, the show that wasn't Iron Fist. Right. Oh, okay. 
Well, in that case, mine is my answer is just, is boring because it's the same exact as his. Oh, it's okay. Daredevil season one, then Jessica Jones, then Daredevil season two, then Luke Cage, which I actually still haven't finished. Uh, which should show you, you know, my. I mean, I love the first six episodes, but it felt like a complete arc. Like you don't have to jump into episode seven because it's like, oh, okay. Mm. I mean, obviously there's more that happens, but it's still like, oh, okay. Here's the complete arc, which is what I think of all the shows is uh, give us like. Eight to ten episodes at most is really what we need. We don't need a full 13 because there's some padding that goes on in these shows. And then uh, mm-hmm. Iron Fist is definitely the uh, the bottom one. But Daredevil Season 2, my reason for having it, you know, is number three is obviously Punisher. And who could not love Elektra, especially by the uh, by her introduction. Everything mm-hmm. about Elektra was awesome. I loved that actress and I loved her story arc and she was awesome. And of course, we got more stick. Yeah. We will be getting in Defenders too. Yeah, Yay! Stick. Oh God, yeah, that he has been great. Yeah, and I and I and I was happy too <laughs> that he's going to be in Defenders. <laughs> you four idiots got to work together to protect this city. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the Kraken. Well, I'm going to vary up the answer a little bit. Uh, first is Daredevil, mm. season one and season two. I'm going to lump them together. I put that one at the top just because I've never cared about the character Daredevil, and watching the show made me want to go back and research it. Mm. I really liked the actor, I I really liked Foggy, I liked the story that they were telling. It sparked an interest for me for a character that I never had before. Uh, Second, I would go Iron Fist, just because I enjoyed it more Mm -hmm. than Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. I've never cared about Luke Cage either, and I just couldn't get into it. Uh, the TV show. Interesting. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna really vary things up because I absolutely adored Luke Cage. Um, I I thought it was a, a fantastic show. It's probably the one that I, I mean, it is the one I enjoyed the most um, out of all of them. I liked Luke as just a guy trying to do the right thing that was constantly beat upon, and uh, I, I just enjoyed the whole arc of the character. Then for me, definitely Daredevil, uh, and and. I, like the Kraken. I I don't get why so many people don't like season two. Um, I so I kind of lump them together. Definitely it was a progression for the character, and it was different. It was more of a superhero story where season one did not feel so much like a superhero story. But I felt that that was just a natural progression of where he had come from there, and I really liked the addition of the Punisher and Elektra. Uh, in the story. It did feel more disjointed than season one. It seemed like the through line, it seemed almost like it was two different storylines that barely connected, and so I can get uh, the uh, criticism on that score, but uh, otherwise I really enjoyed it. Then Jessica. Actually, I probably liked Iron Fist more than Jessica. For whatever reason, Jessica Jones didn't really do much for me. I enjoyed it well enough. Um, Kilgrave was horrifically disturbing, uh, which I think they did a good job conveying that. But uh, and I don't, I don't really know Jessica from the comics because she debuted after I stopped reading comics regularly, so I had no background <laughs> with the character either. But yeah, Iron Fist was. Uh, ironically the netflix series that i most wanted to see <laughs> back when they announced them way back when uh, so so let's open the floor up now to iron fist of the series and, and talking about it in more depth uh like i said for me this was the one i was waiting for i was just chomping at the bit because iron fist was a character i loved even though i had collected daredevil also um in my younger days 
I preferred Iron Fist. I was way more interested in what they were going to do with it. And it came out, and regardless of anything you might feel about the show itself, it was such a shock because of how different the character is. And so it took me a while even to sort of get my arms around what am I watching. I do feel like... Do you feel like there was good stuff in the story? But it definitely wasn't the Iron Fist of the comics. So, what did you guys think of the show? Man, it was boring, (laughs) boring, and more boring. Every time they took a single step forward, it felt like they they realized, oh, we're we're doing something cool. Let's make it suck for the next three episodes and take three steps back. It was just... It just felt so disjointed to me. It, it mm-hmm. didn't match the comic book very. I mean, it didn't in some regards. There were aspects of it which I was like, okay, I mm-hmm. see where they're what what version of Danny Rand they're going for here, which is okay. And when you have co- comic book characters like this, you have to pick you have to pick a point in time and kind of emulate that version of the character. So I don't begrudge them so much that aspect of it, no. but just in general, this didn't have the fantastical feel of the comic book to me at all yeah i felt like yeah i felt like they were trying to backpedal as much as possible away from what made iron fist iron fist because the main question that i had after watching it all was where is the kung fu right (laughs) Right. that's that's how you succeed with iron fist kung fu and a glowing fist like, that's all you need. Right. And we got almost none of that. Well, and here's the thing, because I was someone who avidly defended um, when they cast Finn Jones, because I was like, you know, yeah, I get it. I get why people would like it to be Asian. I get that the original comics were uh, a very much a white savior trope playing out there. But I was like, if they do this right then I think that there are storytelling you can tell with a white person in this role that you can't tell. Because, I mean, one of the things that Danny does when he comes to America is he decides, I don't want to live on my fortune. You know, I want to live as an ordinary person. That's, you know, that's how he and Luke end up getting together and they do Heroes for Hire and everything else because I got to have a job, I got to have income. You know, he does all that kind of stuff. And having him come from a very privileged position, I think, you know, kind of speaks to that. So there's that side of it. But there's also the fact that I figured, and, you know... They wouldn't have cast him if he can't do the martial arts, right? <laughs> well, and then and I saw a lot of Tai Chi. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we'll get into the fight scenes in more depth later because that's an area I'd happily talk about. But you did, you do bring up a very good point, I think, about when we're talking about casting a white guy and not rewriting the role. Is that one of the greatest things about Danny Rand was that he was a privileged white guy? who was partnered up with an inner city black guy. And that dichotomy mm-hmm. is fantastic. And you can't have that in, in later seasons if you change that aspect of the character. And I'm hoping we still get some of that in the Defenders. Yeah. So, um, Eric and uh, Eric, and Eric <laughs> uh, what did you guys feel about the action of the series? Well, when you rush a show into production and have the poor lead actor learning choreography in 15 minutes before you're supposed to shoot, of course you're not going to get awesome choreography. But yeah, let's rush a show into production, even though the next show, you know, comes out. Um, when did when did uh when did Iron Fist hit? I'm trying to think. March. March. Okay. March. April, May, June, July, August. 
six you have you could have put it anywhere between the six months between that and uh, defenders and not rushed production and had Finn learning. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, th- this is uh, one of my problems. Also, is that Netflix doesn't seem able to get their act together just production wise with these shows because we got Daredevil and then it was like we got jessica jones and then daredevil season two before we even got luke cage and iron fist coming out and i don't know where the problem was there but it seemed to me that and and fair enough if you want to create a quality product and you want to take your time that's fine but everything that i'm hearing is that iron fist was rushed and so it's not finn jones so let me be clear i'm not blaming finn jones for the martial arts aspect of the story oh, I know you're not. Yeah. because while i figured they would probably cast someone who already knew kung fu you know and could do the moves you know it's bad on them if they not only found someone and cast someone that didn't do it and then b didn't give them the time to learn it because you got to get one or the other you either find someone who can already do it or you put enough time in to actually you know teach them the choreography i'm sure i'm sure you already know this and obviously we're probably about to move past this into other things but we saw one of the guys who was one of the last runners up for mm-hmm. Iron Fist and brings up the whole Asian American argument is uh the drunk master towards mm-hmm. the end of the show. Yes. That guy could have been Iron Fist. Well, and that was the other crazy thing. We kept on hearing about how Danny was like the greatest, you know, he's he's got the secret, he's the Iron Fist, he is this great martial artist. But then it was shown up by the fact that other characters in the same show were obviously doing martial arts better than he was. Not only that guy, but also uh, Colleen. But to, to add on to that, it's even more sad that you look at all of these people and none of them reach the level that Netflix has elevated Daredevil, Elektra, or Stick to, mm. which is problematic when we get to Defenders. Yeah. The, the other thing that disappointed me action-wise was I, I just wanted an episode two Yoda moment for Madame Gao. It just uh, yep. needed to be for like a minute, but I wanted to see her do some badass, you know, stuff. Uh, we see her like gently push Danny at one point and he flies across the room. And while that was kind of cool, it would have been nice. To, I mean, obviously you got to pay for the CG, but, you know, just have her do some like crazy stuff and, and show that this is the reason why everyone's terrified of this woman is that when she wants to, she can bring it. The biggest, the biggest example of the um, choreography issues with the show are in episode two, in the the scene when Danny's trying to find, you know, some of his old uh, hospital information. Mm-hmm. There's, I believe, I can't remember if it's like in the forties or if it's. I think it's thirty-seven. I think that was the number. There's thirty-seven cuts within a mm. seven-minute fight scene or like a five-minute fight yeah, scene. It's tragic. Yeah, you don't see the long take uh, in the hallway like you did in Daredevil Season 1 where that fight just goes on. <laughs> and, God, and God, can can we talk about that for a minute? <laughs> the first two episodes are probably the worst possible things to sit through because they go over every single, you're not this person. What What are you talking about? You know, you have to be crazy. You're a crazy person. Oh, we're going to put you in an insane asylum. They go through every single trope about proving somebody's identity known to mankind. And it is the most painful and annoying and just it's a chore to trunk through those first two episodes. Everything starts to get better from that point. But it's such a chore to get those those first two episodes. I got a question for you about that because I've I've talked about this as well. Would it have been as much of a chore if we, as the viewers, weren't sure from the get go 
he really was Danny Rand. Like, I, I feel like that fell down because as viewers, we knew without a mm-hmm. doubt it's Danny. So it's like, oh, this is all just a waste of time. But do you think they could have written it as such where we weren't sure as the viewers and it wouldn't but have been so boring? How, see, my question becomes, I understand what you're saying, but how would that be approached so we as the viewers weren't sure? Oh, that's not, my, that's, my, that's not my job. I'm just asking. <laughs> okay. question. No, that's what I'm saying is like you, you have to figure out the how you'd be able to achieve that first in order to pitch the question, I think. Because you'd have to be able, you'd have to go like top secret with the show. You wouldn't be able to tell anybody who was cast. You wouldn't be able to release like stills, even though, you know, we don't see him in his costume. We don't see the mask. <sighs> Anyways, <laughs> well, so much wrong. Yeah. So well, much wrong. Well, I think they're trying to do what they did with Daredevil, which was try to dumb or to play, not dumb down, play down the, uh, superheroic elements and have it be more quote unquote real. But when you have a guy with a glowing fist <laughs> who has been in a mystical city. <laughs> yeah. Not even a glowing fist. You have a guy with, you know, the, the mask that he does, he's basically a Zorro analog with the way that mask is. You have the mask, you have a giant freaking dragon that gives him his powers. Show us the goddamn freaking dragon. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you have, no, if you have right. a budget, we need a f- dragon. Yeah, I, I feel like there needed to be a lot more Kunlun than yep. just like random yep. memories of being beaten regularly by the monks and then like one scene between him and Davos uh, much later on and then just a look in the cave with red glowing eyes. When almost, and I know they're different things and obviously you have to approach things differently, but when 30 to 40% of Doctor Strange takes place in a mystical city, you're telling me a TV show full of 13 episodes can't spend two or three of those episodes in the mystical city that the kid is growing up in. I'm sorry, they that's, that's lazy. spend a lot of money renting those ultra-extravagant boardrooms that we spent <laughs> 40 minutes an episode sitting in. That was expensive. <sighs> Though, and I have to make this joke real fast because I don't know if we're ever going to approach approach this. And I know Nate is going to appreciate this joke. Hey, who would have ever thought that the uh, the most interesting character journey throughout the whole show would be uh, in a Marvel show would be on a guy named Ward? Yeah. Oh, wait, everybody <laughs> thought that. <laughs> I couldn't resist the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. joke. I'm sorry. I- I'm curious. <laughs> All right. Why do you guys think that we barely touched on Kunlun, because I've got like three ideas in my head as to why they didn't show it. Um, and, and, and Eric McCracken, I, I want to open up to you because I don't know if we've just been talking over you or what, but do you have any thoughts on that? Well, like obviously the first reason they didn't show Kunlun is because they didn't want to pay for it. But I think a secondary side effect of that might be that it will come into play later in a more important aspect Mm. you know like either you know like either in defenders or maybe even in the cinematic universe it'll show up or something like they're saving it for something bigger than the tv show i'm wondering if it has to do with all the commentary about the similarities between the show and arrow and i was wondering if they were trying to downplay the flashbacks because that's one of arrow's big shticks is that half the episode happens in the past and that they wanted to great you know limit iron fist from doing that same trope well possibly but i do know that one of the biggest problems i had with the series is uh child danny's flashbacks 
you get the entire or his entire history in like the first episode mm-hmm. you know they could have split split up what happened on the plane and what happened after the plane in into a couple different episodes so the viewer is learning something new mm-hmm. instead of having the same flashback like eight times of his mom getting sucked out of the top of the plane no i can definitely see that i wonder if it this is a crazy theory what if sigourney weaver's character in defenders isn't what we're predicting at all because i mean i don't think hmm i don't want to throw this theory out completely because i might be cra- i might be crazy but what if it like is revealed that she's like some sort of you know like ancient power that took human form and that's like why they've been so mysterious with just the importance of her as the big bad you know maybe like maybe we'll be seeing that tie into what we saw in the finale and you know like why all that stuff i think it would be pretty pretty crazy i'm kind of agreeing with you that's where my mind is as well you know there is only zool um (laughs) but i i I almost think that the reason why we shied away from Kun Lun, it, I don't think it's the money. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I think they wanted to they wanted to create a very solid through line between all the shows. And if you if you mystic if you put the mystical aspect up front into Iron Fist, it would feel very separate from the reality that they've been crafting for the Netflix shows in Jessica Jones, Daredevil, and Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. So in order to kind of assimilate Danny into that exact same world and set the stage to where they're all almost peers moving into the Defenders, you have to downplay that aspect of his history. Or I hate he's, that, he's though. the odd man out. I'm not agreeing with it, but I'm pretty sure that's the thought process that went into that decision. They've been saying that the reason why Iron Fist was so late was that they have been trying so hard to figure out how to do it. Right. And and I think that's part of the problem, is that they were trying to do it, quote-unquote, grounded, when they should have just been like, you know, hey, why bother? Let's just let this thing go. You know, just, just go for it. And uh, I feel like if the show had been a little more liberated in its, you know, uh, opinion of how to use the mystical aspects, that it probably would have felt more fun regardless of how well the plotting was done. Uh, well, like, I'm sure that everyone else noticed this too, but, you know, like, talking about the mystical aspects of Iron Fist. In the first episode, we see Danny sensing the chi of a bird. Mm-hmm. And, in, and in one of the later episodes, he learns how to use his chi to heal another person. But outside of that, you never actually see him do anything except for megaton punch things. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it, you know, like it's almost like they took all of the mystical stuff out of the character, and then they just left it with, yeah, well, here's a guy who can kind of fight, and once per day he can super punch something. <laughs> my my one friend calls him the stip, strip mall tai chi instructor because. <laughs> It seems like that's all he does is Tai Chi. Because even when he's trying to teach Colleen, he's like, no, you gotta do, you know, you gotta do your movements really slow. And I'm like, no, I want crazy kung fu action. I want fast. I want quick. (laughs) Don't get me slow. (laughs) To be fair, Tai Chi can be a devastating martial art. Can it? Yeah, I see your skeptical face over there. Yeah, no, it can't. Stop, stop, stop propagating nonsense. Um, No, Uh, but I I think they, I think they could have taken lessons from. Listen, 
What do people want coming into a show called Iron Fist? I said it earlier. You want Kung Fu mm-hmm. and you want the freaking Iron Fist. And I get why we held back on the Iron Fist itself, but we could have gotten a lot of cool Kung Fu. And you can do the I'm the slow, calm Kung Fu Tai Chi teacher routine. It's been done in a million amazing Kung Fu movies to where when said slow, calm Tai Chi guy loses his cool, that the Kung Fury just rains down on fools. And that's a very cool moment. And we just didn't get that. I don't think that the people writing this understood what fans of this character wanted. Yeah, because you look at it and you look at, say, Luke Cage. They did a really good job of taking another character who was grounded in the 70s. I mean, his origin came out of the Black exploitation mm-hmm. movement. And they did a great job moving that character to the modern era, making him relevant while still keeping him true to his roots. And they didn't do that with Iron Fist. It was kind of like they were like, we don't kind of know how to make this character still the same while moving him uh, to the modern time. So they, it's, all, it's almost like they were so hesitant to do something that would piss people off that they made it boring instead. They just failed to take risks. And like, if you look at Iron Fist fr- from the aspect of the comic books, Mm-hmm. Of the four characters in the Defenders, he's easily the most powerful one. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And and yet and yet you, I mean, in the Marvel universe, you know, being a top tier martial artist is a superpower, and he is like the best of those. Mm-hmm. Like it's been proven that he can fight with powerhouses like Wolverine and Captain America on equal or better footing. But you're looking at the Danny Rand in the TV shows, and I get the feeling that he would easily get his ass kicked by by daredevil and that just doesn't feel right to me yeah there are two things i want to tee up on on that first of all and i know we're not talking about the defenders but from that defenders preview i am so disappointed now when danny punches luke and his you know his his cheeks start wobbling because in the comics the first time they met and there was a misunderstanding and danny hits luke with the iron fist luke goes through two buildings (laughs) i want to see that I don't want to see his cheeks wobble. I want to see him fly through two buildings. The clip stopped during the cheek, the cheek wobble. Yeah. You don't see what the aftermath of him getting hit is. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's what bothers you about the clip? Not the fact that Matt Murdock can take Jessica Jones' scarf and make it into a mask and we don't see... Okay, sorry, I'm still obsessing over that. <laughs> okay. Am I wrong, though? 15 seconds in, and you get a better mask. You basically have an Iron Fist mask on Daredevil, but... <laughs> No, we can't have it. We can't have Danny wear the. <sighs> but but the oh, other, the other... oh and sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but but real fast, there was a point I, I thought of, and and I'm not sure if it's 100 percent true or not. But the other thing that bothers me about not seeing Conlon too much, or the fact that we haven't seen the dragon, is I'm pretty sure Marvel Studios can't use Fing Fang Foom. So at least give me one giant, awesome, mystical dragon. We know he exists. Danny mentions him at least three times in the thirteen episodes. Oh, you can't give me fifteen. You can't give me fifteen seconds other than those stupid red eyes that we get for like literally a second. Are you kidding me? And we get smoke. We get flame breath for like two seconds. <laughs> <sighs> All right, but the other thing I wanted to tee up on with that is I think kind of the point of this show, even though they didn't really like explain, it almost felt like they were making it up as they were going along with the writing. Was that they kind of focus on the fact that Danny is actually a really awful Iron Fist? Yes, and and, and if they had kind of been 
showing it that way from the beginning, I think that that would have helped immensely because you see the fact that this guy basically was granted this power mystically, but he's still got a ton to learn from a martial arts standpoint. And yeah, that isn't the character from the comics, but that at least would kind of give you the idea of, well, this is all about the journey, the progression for this guy to actually grow into the mantle that he has inherited. Well, that's the role that Davos was supposed to fill. I mean, kind of he Davos. shows up and and he's like, Danny, you suck. Right. <laughs> Here's the reasons why you suck. <laughs> and then Davos still gets his ass kicked by him. So did Danny get the role of Iron Fist by default or something? Does everybody in Cunlan suck that bad? <laughs> I, I don't know. But I expect Iron Fist to beat the Onion Knight in, in, in hand-on-hand combat. So... Really, no Game of Thrones uh, fans there. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Um, oh no, I went. I went. Um, uh, Dark Souls. I was going to go praise the sun. I mean, it's just it's it's weird to me, and I don't mean to, I don't mean to tangent, but we keep talking about this Davos guy. Mm. Um, it's weird to me that the other potential candidate for the Iron Fist is not native to Kunlun, who's obviously someone who looks like all the other Euro trash ninja that evidently the hand is. <laughs> Forever, which I, I still I, can't get into don't get me started on that nonsense but I, I, it's just weird to me that that's never explained yeah i can't remember and you might be able to correct me on this what is is his family south african or are they um british davos the actor no not the actor his the actual family because i thought they i thought they like mention it on the uh, show when they first introduce him that late in the season no because they, they talk about his father no no his father is is uh Le kung in in kun lun oh uh, okay davos okay. is the no, steel I know serpent he has a british <laughs> he has a british accent right, right exactly okay yes. so i couldn't remember if he was south african or if he was british but uh, obviously i might be completely off on that and they might have just said screw it and let the actor use his natural accent <laughs> yeah well and that well that was one of my problems though because it's like okay so if we if we assume that danny taught davos english which we kind of have to why does he speak with a british accent god damn it <laughs> <laughs> you know because as soon as davos shows up and he's speaking english i'm like what i'm like did you teach yourself english as you were backpacking across europe as you apparently must have to get from kunlun to america <laughs> or did danny teach you <laughs> that's why i had that question because i wasn't sure if that was something they established on the show and whether or not they him and his family were technically outsiders as well that made themselves you know like that made themselves i'm pretty sure enough. that I'm I'm pretty sure that Davos was uh, native to yeah. Kunlun, like like he was born okay. there. Yeah, that throws me off so yeah. much then. Because yeah, he kept talking about how Danny was the outsider and that he he took something that should have been theirs, and you know, which, I know I which know is when what he they, says. Oh, but you look at him <laughs> and you listen to him. He's an Indian guy, <laughs> the British accent. <laughs> Yeah, so, that's when you have Danny go, you're British, what are you talking about? But he's like, the internet is just as amazing as you told me, Danny, and I'm like, oh god, it's like, they can't even give him good dialogue either. <laughs> so, of all of the things that went wrong with this, that is what breaks your suspension of disbelief that he speaks with a British accent? No, oh, that's no, 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 no. That's, just, that's just an obvious flaw that jumped out at me immediately as soon as he started talking. That was the obvious flaw to me in all of the extra characters, including all of the hand as well. Mm. I mean, it didn't make sense across the board, whether it's Davos 
or Bakudo or whatever <laughs> silly name they gave that guy who also spoke with a British accent uh, and who also looked like he was European of its descent, even though he was heading the Japanese organization. Like, don't even get me started no, no, he- on how racially... And, and culturally messed up the show was. Well, yeah, my favorite was when Gao is like, I am going to send my greatest warriors against you. And this is, you know, oh, apparently like one of the head members of the hand. So, you know, the hand are ninja, right? And she sends some guys that look like two Russian mercs that just are like <laughs> brawlers. They're not doing any kind of real martial arts kind of stuff. You know, and it's just like these, those guys. these are two of her greatest guys i mean shouldn't they be you know a little more you know skilled than this you know maybe do some actual martial arts of some kind you know something (laughs) and and all right so so does everyone else feel like it is a massive retcon for madam gao to be one of the leaders of the hand yes 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 yeah because because in daredevil it was very clear madam gao against the hand not part of the hand and it's interesting because she's Chinese. Mm-hmm. And, well, unfortunately, as much as people might not want to believe it, the Chinese and the Japanese, they don't get along so well. <laughs> so for her to be heading a Japanese organization or a large part of it uh, doesn't make any sense. Yes. No, I completely agree. And I think that the whole, like, uh, the racial diversity of the hand was a strange aspect. Because, yeah, I mean, they are unabashedly ninja warriors that have come from japan it wasn't diversity there wasn't a single japanese member <laughs> unlike in daredevil well well I, yeah, I was about to say and then we know nobu is that they've shown nobu before but you're right he wasn't an iron fist but they they did have nobu we can stop picking on the foot clan it's okay <laughs> <laughs> am i the only person that obviously when they were talking about you know past iron fist and just talking about the mythology i wanted to at least see orts and randall i'm just throwing that out well there. i'm wondering if they might be saving him for a potential season two because if the through line is going to be that danny sucks at being the iron fist and needs a mentor a bigger <gasps> role for orson yes. randall would be for danny to find him and you know in the comics he dies pretty quickly after danny meets him but maybe in in the netflix version actually have him be around for a whole season to teach danny how to really be the iron fist him or fat cobra give me one the other or both yeah but i i I think that could potentially be a way to do this no that would be a really good way i'm just saying give me him or fat cobra or both because those are two of my favorite iron fist supplemental characters Hmm. i would really have liked to have seen danny's face when he first saw that video that bakudo showed him yeah oh yeah we didn't see the reaction to it did we like i just would have loved to see his face light up like what i can do that with both hands right (laughs) (laughs) yeah but to to me the, the the way that they've handled the hand though is important because by trying to tie it to iron fist's origin and be like well the purpose of the iron fist is to destroy the hand but while also saying the iron fist is never supposed to leave kun lun and is supposed to just stay there and guard the pass it is yeah it 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 makes no sense it it creates such a huge plot hole (laughs) that the whole series just sinks under its weight (laughs) well you know you know what the showrunner's done in the past right I'm sorry, what? The showrunner for the first season? No. You know who it was? Mm. It was the guy that did uh, Six Feet Under and uh, Dexter. Okay. Hmm. So that's why we don't really have any kung fu in the first place. It's like, oh yeah, let's give this to a crime drama guy. That'll totally work. 
Like you were mentioning before. I forgot what you mentioned before. (laughs) Damn it. I I was talking about how, like, I understand they wanted to tie Iron Fist to the hand to create a link to Daredevil. Right. And, you know, like, one of the things that I really didn't get was uh, Colleen being a member of the hand. Yeah. As, you know, like, Colleen shows up, and, like, one of the first things out of Danny's face is that, you know, he is Iron Fist. He is the protector of Kan Lun. He is opposed to the Hand. Mm -hmm. And she didn't, you know, either A, stop talking to him immediately, B, kill him in the face, or C, do anything other than keep talking to him. That's because they were making it up as they went along. That was the thing that you said before, making it up as you go along. Yeah, I, I, I feel strongly that they were just making this show up as they went along. It's the only way I can explain all of the plot issues that just kept coming up. Things like exactly, I didn't catch that particular one, but uh, yeah, I mean stuff exactly like that, where it's like, just a little bit of forethought would have taken care of that. Or the fact that Colleen is a member of the Hand. This is a multi or at least in this continuity, a multi-continental crime syndicate Mm -hmm. with damn near infinite amount of money. And she's in a dojo that can barely pay the rent. And her sole purpose is to recruit new people for the hand. It it doesn't add up. Yeah. No, there were, there were a lot of things like that. And there were a lot of continuity errors too, that kept bothering me. Like in the first episode, Danny leaves his backpack in Ward's office when he's escorted downstairs. But then later we have a scene with him in, well, actually every scene they show him in, he's got the backpack back and it's like, uh, and then it's like daddy Meacham, his name escapes me for a moment. Anyway, you know who I'm talking about, the daddy Meacham. Um, he kills yeah. he kills his assistant, and he stuffs him in that little, like, garden he's got up there in his penthouse. It went clearly and visible. says anything. Yeah, clearly visible if you just look at all in that garden. And yeah, nobody says it. And we know he can't dispose of the body, because when he killed people earlier, he had to get Ward to come up and drag the bodies, you know, away. You know, Harold Meacham? Yeah, Harold, that's it. Yep. Yeah, so Ward had to drag them away, so that means that body of his assistant is still there in that garden. Nobody ever mentions it. Maybe he ate it. <laughs> oh, 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 I guess it's as far gone as he was, that was, I, I guess that's possible. The other thing that, like, blew my mind was... All right, so they say, like, the hand almost never gives out this gift of immortality. It's a very rare thing that they, that they you know, you have to be super special. And they give it to a guy that they're blackmailing. Why would you give him that? You can blackmail him no matter what. You know, you could just wait for him to die. If he was dying of cancer and he was like, you can't blackmail me anymore because I'm dying and I don't care. And then blackmail his children. It doesn't matter. So why would you make him an immortal and just make him more po- like give him more ability that once he figures out he's immortal to resist you <laughs> but there can be only one <sighs> yeah so that that also kind of just didn't make sense to me I, originally i thought it was like in the comics where the hand can bring people back to life but it's not like you're immortal it's just you get another you know another shot you know uh but apparently the hand can in this bring you back forever unless you get your head cut off so thailander that can well, only he be did one. die, and then he woke up in the river. Yeah. Like that one show where Mr. Fantastic <clears throat> was a Highlander. <laughs> yeah. This conversation is depressing. Right. right. I, oh, I'm, rem- was. I'm remembering how bad this show... <laughs> I had a moment to forget how bad the show actually was. 
and you guys are dredging it up. Okay, so, so Jeff, Jeff, was there anything you liked about the show? Yes. Okay. There was. It ended? When Danny Mega Megaton punched the floor in the office building. That was really cool. Uh, that's what I wanted to see the entire time. And honestly, I, as much as I don't like the way they wrote the, the story of Madame Gao, mm-hmm. she is so phenomenal in every scene she is in. Mm-hmm. Captivating, menacing, such a good villain. Uh, Rosario Dawson is just, you can't not just stare at her in every scene she's in. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. There are aspects of this show in bits and pieces that are good. But ultimately, when you put them together into a show that doesn't save it, the, the show was still a raging dumpster fire with a couple little spots here and there that weren't burning. Like, it's just, it's a shame. Um, it had a lot of potential, could have been great if put in someone else's hands. And I don't necessarily agree that it's the showrunner's fault just because he's a crime guy. Like, come on, the Russo brothers were comedy people all the way up until they did Winter Soldier. I don't think he was um, locked in. Um, Excuse me, did you watch the PayPal episodes of Community? They might have been comedy guys, but they were action and comedy guys. Thank you. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> but I mean, I'm not saying, I, I just say that I don't think you're locked into a certain style necessarily. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to put on that. I just don't think that they had a vision, a real vision for what this show should be. And they just kind of mediocred everything along the way. So Eric, what, what did you like about Iron Fist? I'm still, and I was completely serious, even though it was a joke uh, aimed at uh, Agents of Shield fans. But uh, War, the character, ex- yeah. the character exploration that Ward goes through in the show is probably one of the most fascinating and interesting things I've seen any writer or group of writers do in a really long time. And major, major nod to that actor for everything that character goes through. And by the end of the show, just seeing. Everything, you know, like from the beginning of the show to the addiction to basically having flat out the quite literal version of daddy issues and working them out. It's it was fascinating to watch. And I really liked everything they did with them. It was really really, I also really enjoyed the relationship between um, between Danny and um now I can't think Colleen. Danny and Colleen's relationship was really cool and actually didn't didn't feel like heavily forced. It took a while to get into it, but once once they started really exploring the relationship, I thought it was really fun and interesting. And then the twist comes and that actually like it felt pretty natural the way he reacts and the way they have to rebuild their their relationship. A lot of that felt like actually pretty human. And then I I mean I like Finn Jones as an actor and I feel like he'll grow into the part. So we just have to wait and see and hope that hope that Luke rubs off on Danny by the end of who would have thought that would happen. Right. You'd think you thought you in the comics, it's Danny that has to lighten up Luke. And now it's going to seem like Luke has to be the one to lighten up Danny during Defenders. So that'll be interesting if that's the case. You know, Iron Fist is the only one they haven't announced a second season for. And I'm wondering if maybe they might change Luke Cage season two into a Heroes for Hire show. Oh, we can only hope. Yeah, which I would absolutely love. Uh, And I think that having Luke to play off of would also help uh, this version of Danny. I I think that their interaction could be interesting. 
I mean, it's it's slightly off topic, but seeing my personal one of my personal favorite scenes from Alias in live action in the first few seconds of that trailer made me super happy. Mm. I was just like, oh, they're doing it. Are you charging my client with anything? Yes. Go, Matt. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we're leaving. <laughs> well, you know, but that brings up a problem to me about this show, which I know I'm talk- trying to talk about good stuff about this show, but the fact that Claire does not pick up the phone and call Matt is ridiculous. Because right? I get that they had some relationship issues between the two of them, but she knows that he- he's the only person she knows that knows about the hand. She knows that he's got skills. No, real, real world... Real world explanation for that, well, obviously course, not show-wise, yeah. but Charlie Cox was probably unavailable. Well, no, I mean, and yeah, they're, they're not, they're going to save it for the team-up show. I get the real world reason, but that's the thing, you need to write your show in such a way that people aren't screaming, Claire, why are you not picking up the phone and calling Matt? Because it makes no sense. Either she could have tried to call him and he didn't hey, pick Matt, up. Hey, you still hate the hand. <laughs> right. And of course, why does Claire go to the hospital? Well, you hate the hand, right? Well, why does why does Claire go to the hospital she knows is crooked and working with the hand, that the administrators are working with the hand to do anything? Like, to patch up anyone or do anything. It's like, you know this place is the wrong place to go. But, of course, what does Claire do? She brings the guy to the hospital. The guy that they're trying to hide from the hand to the hospital she knows is in bed with the hand. Yeah, anyway. (laughs) Eric Eric Kraken, was there anything about the show that you liked? (laughs) I know I've been bashing on it Mm -hmm. a lot, but I did enjoy the majority of the show. And like the first three or four episodes, I was a little annoyed because Danny just seemed like the arrogant asshole that Marvel movies have been putting, or Marvel movies and the TV shows have been putting out. You know, like you've got Tony Stark, you have uh, Doctor Strange, uh, like just all of these super arrogant, super rich jerks that are also happen to be awesome. And I, I thought that they were playing up that role, but. I did feel that the that that Danny's character did grow out of that. And yeah, the martial arts were bad to put it nicely, but that didn't really ruin the experience for me. I didn't like how they made Danny seem weak, but he also seemed to get better as the show got along. Mm. I I kind of I, uh, I was enjoying rooting for him. And I did uh Eric mentioned that he liked how Ward grew, and I was actually enjoying joy joy's story like she went from kind of like a side character to the power character of that company and then she got screwed at the end and it was entertaining i liked her up until the moment that she and davos are planning to assassinate danny and i'm like whoa that's a real jump (laughs) that's a real jump from where she was i mean i see where davos (laughs) got to that point but I'm like, that's a real jump from, you know, I found out my dad was really a bad guy, and because it happened right after Danny showed up, uh, I guess I'll kill him. W- what? <laughs> what did I just miss? <laughs> I think they just were trying to, like, let's create a cliffhanger. That part was a little weird, but up until that point, she was a really entertaining character. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think that even though Finn Jones has gotten a lot of flack, I actually liked him as Danny. I felt like the interpretation of Danny as basically a 10-year-old that never grew up, which is what I think he was playing, is 
an interesting take on it. There are hints of that if you go back to the very earliest comics. There are, he even thinks to himself at some point, you know, like he's, he's like kind of like, uh, uh, dazzled by Spider-Man, you know, and stuff like that. And he's like, I guess I really am just like, you know, like I haven't grown up since I left New York, uh, you know, or, uh, since I, since I've, uh, been gone from New York and stuff like that. And so you get little hints of that in the comic, but it's like they ratcheted, they took those little elements that were kind of sprinkled into, you know, the early comics, even the anger management issues. A lot of people are like, hey, Danny's not really like that. He doesn't have this problem with anger or whatever. But I'm like, you actually go back and read the very early comics. There were hints of that. There, It was just never really made like a central focus. And later writers kind of dropped it completely. But you po- point out something very flawed about the, per- well, I won't say the performance, about the writing of this. It's very difficult to get on board with a character who keeps talking about, oh, I- I'm at peace and I'm the calm warrior and then has just teenage level temper tantrums <laughs> right on the back of him, like every episode. I get if there was like a brewing anger underneath that maybe he was able to pack down and you could see that he was working to, to be that calm agent of Kung Fu serenity that he wants to be. But literally every episode was like, I am one with the world and please be at peace. And my daddy left me. <laughs> I mean, there's just like, Holy crap, it was the worst writing ever. <laughs> no, I mean, it's a good point. It was uneven. There was, like, an entire, like, three or four episode story arc where he wasn't able to do the only thing that he can do because his chi was all messed up. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. So bad. Well, and I, <laughs> I mean, like, your character can only punch things, <laughs> but now you can't right. because... Your cheese messed up. No, no, he can heal people too. By that point, they'd established he could heal people too, but only one time. But like you brought up a pretty good point about like the really early issues of Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. It's like the writers or whoever came up with anything was like, okay, let's do this thing with Iron Fist, and then they picked up like the first two or three issues. Like, okay, we got the gist for the character. We can run from here. Well, I think that they actually, they probably did read through the early Marvel premiere issues that he appeared in. And then I think they took like a few issues of the Brubaker run or something. Because a few of the ideas that were in there definitely came from the later comics. Or either that or they read like a Wikipedia entry or something. But they, they did they did have some things. Because like in the early comics, it's heavily implied that Danny is the only Iron Fist. And it's a later... Uh, thing in comics for there to have been previous Iron Fists and he's just one in a long line. And so they, they definitely took that element from later comics. So I, I th- But I think that's it. I think they didn't really try to examine the character very closely. I think they just read the first few issues and like a few issues that have come out in the last like, you know, 10 years or whatever. They grab, you know, somebody told them check out the Brubaker run or whatever. They might have read like 10 issues of that or whatever. But I think that's it. I think they didn't pay attention to anything in the middle. It, it was just that stuff. But either way, I liked, I liked the naivety of the character. It is an Iron Fist, but I thought that Jones brought a sincerity to that. And I thought, oh, oh, Eric uh, Ratcliffe, you gotta go? Yeah. Okay, well, sorry that you, <laughs> sorry that you had to go, but uh, it was good to have you on. Yeah, sorry, dude. I will obviously make it up the next time, uh, the next time I'm on. Okay. But I have to go, uh figure that out okay yeah no i mean definitely if it's a safety issue go take care of it okay uh we'll talk to you later all right bye what was i saying there
you were saying that Jones really brought a sincerity and like kind of like an innocence to the character. Yeah, and 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 for and for what he was playing, I think that it worked. The other thing that I really liked about the show, and it's sad that I have to go here to bring up things that I like, but I loved all the Easter eggs. Uh, I loved all the shout-outs and the nods to the other characters. You know, uh, Claire gets the letter from Luke. Joy talks about the PI that she hired that was great when she was sober. You know, all those little nods, you know, Claire talking about, you right, know, a friend right. that knows about the hand, stuff like that. I, I loved all the those... The Stan Lee cameo? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I always love the Stan Lee cameos. But, you know, all those little shout-outs, I, I, I really enjoy those. Um, and I'm glad that they take the time to put those kinds of things in there. But, yeah, I... Uh, I, yeah, I, I really struggled with this one. I, I had to really work to find things that I liked in it. I did really like the shout-out to Daughter of the Dragon. Mm-hmm. But, like, that brings up another thing that I was wondering about. You know, in the main continuity of Marvel, Danny Rand is married to Misty Knight. But in this run, he seems to be more leaning towards Colleen. Well, it depends on which continuity. I mean, right now, he's not married to, to Misty. I'm talking 616. As far as I know, they never got married, but that's... I, I, the last comic I read that was Iron Fist was almost ten years old, so... And he refers to her as his ex-girlfriend in that, uh, rather than ex-wife or anything. But it, it's, it's funny, this is another thing that if you go back to the earliest comics, he was... it seemed like he was interested in Colleen. It wasn't until Claremont took over, which is like five or six issues in, that it becomes Danny and Misty. And so, again, it kind of speaks to almost this thing of they're looking at the very earliest comics and saying, oh, it looks like they're, you know, becoming a couple, you know, uh, in these comics. And, and they, they translated that into it. I mean, just from how Misty was in Luke Cage... Because she seemed like an older woman in that, and maybe I'm maybe I'm being horrible and, and making assumptions here about the actress, but uh, with with Danny being like I don't know what is he supposed to be twenty one twenty something along those lines early early twenties. He was 10 when he got to Kunlun, and he was there for 15 years. Oh, okay, years. so, so 25. 25. Okay, so he's 25. Um, the actress playing Misty Knight struck me like she was in her 30s, maybe, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I think that would just be a little weird just based on how they cast to have a romance there. So I think that they just decided, ah, we'll do Colleen. You know, we'll, we'll have that be the relationship in this. But yeah, that was another thing that struck me as strange. But again, you know, even though I... Familiar with comics, I try hard not to be slavish to right. that information. I-, I want the characters to have that like a sort of essential core truth to them, you know, in, in both versions, you know, whatever, yeah, yeah, you know. Definitely. But but the details can all become muddled because they can't reproduce the entire story from the comics. Well, there there were runs of various like what if scenarios or alternate scenarios where colleen and iron fist were together Mm. Uh, it's just something i was pointing out okay so uh, what what do you guys make of that ending man i don't i don't even know (laughs) i I just what i what like i i uh, (laughs) i mean i mean how could you not see that coming from like episode four well that's the thing in the comics, Kunlun only appears for one day. And I get that that's in the comics, and they never say that in the show, that that's a fixed thing. Because it seems... Yeah, they, did. they mentioned that, that people can only get in once every 15 years. 
to say once every 15 years, but they don't say that the window only lasts one day, like they do in the comics. Because obviously Davos leaves thinking he can bring Danny back, which if it was common knowledge that Kunlun only appears for one day, you wouldn't think that he could do that. So they imply that when Danny goes back and sees that Kunlun isn't there, that it's a that this is shocking. Like, how can it not be here? So either a he's just super ignorant of how the whole thing works or b it's supposed to be like you know uh somehow the hand came and like destroyed the portal or something so that's an interesting take on this because that's not how i viewed the ending at all okay i when i saw that ending uh, to me the surprise and shock on danny's face and the fact that there was a crater there made it seem like kunlong got straight up carjacked and, and moved, mm. you know, that, that he made it through that, that hall, that, that little passageway was the once every 15 year passage. And then he was expecting the city to be there where it would be because he's made it through that journey. Mm-hmm. And then the city straight up gone. That's the impression I got. Not that it was the fact that he missed the window. Yeah. Uh, I kind of got that feeling too, that it, that it had disappeared. Like there were some city ruins right yeah that that were there so like it looked like like it just picked up and left not that oh it like i missed my window it yeah like it looked like some bad stuff happened yeah no and there were definitely bodies there so there was a fight of some kind because he wasn't there to guard the pass <laughs> from from the european ninja uh, right well and apparently even though this place is a place where everyone is a warrior everyone in the city trains in martial combat they need one yes. particular guy to guard the pass <laughs> the strip mall euro ninjas who by the way were all using chinese swords god i'll bleep myself here because i'm i got the rage building inside it just how just muddled the cultures were in this in this series. God. Ugh. Apparently the hand has like a, a, a franchises in China and South America. Because, you know, Bakudo comes from South America and Gao's in China. It's like, they're just oh. the local franchise owners. But also, as Danny was walking through the little pass, all of the bodies were of the hand. Yes. You didn't see any monk bodies laying around. So obviously those guys have some skill. Mm. Why do they even need Danny? <laughs> well, that's the other it's the other issue. And especially when you say that the point of the Iron Fist is to destroy the hand, why does he have to guard the pass? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like they wanted to do two different things with the storyline, and they couldn't figure out which one. They did both, because it was being And like, they only need them for one day every 15 years. Right. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> oh my god, I just came up with a new headcanon. You guys ever see the movie Kung Fury? Yes. Like, Fist of the... Like, oh, we trained him backwards on purpose as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, if they had made that the... If they had made the idea that they need an iron fist to go out into the world to destroy the hand. That would have made sense, but they need to cut out this whole crap of he needs to stay to guard the pass, you know, uh, because then it would have tied it to Daredevil. It would have explained, you know, why Danny's coming back at this time because, you know, the opening has appeared. It's time for him to go forth and seek out the hand and kill them, you know, destroy them. Perhaps, you know, Danny kept on saying that he's the protector of Kun Lut. Mm -hmm. Maybe... His duties include something other than just guarding the pass. Maybe when Kun Lun is where it's wherever it's at, he's defending it from whatever's there. Mm. But 
when the pass is open, he's also supposed to protect that. Well, and they get into that in the comics as well. But, I mean, ultimately, they painted themselves into a corner here with this whole hand thing. I mean, it makes mm-hmm. zero sense as to why Kunlun has anything to do with the hand or vice versa. Again, uh, geographical large distance between the two organizations um, and a city that's only there one day over 15 years really doubt that they need someone dedicated to defend themselves <laughs> from uh, ninja who really have no business in to, Tibetan mountains to begin with. But that aside, I, I do want to ask this question of you guys, because this is something that, that I took away, is that Danny is not supposed to be the Iron Fist, is the way I, I, I saw this. Yeah. Um, and the impression I got is that he, he, he did, Davos was right, he stole this. He probably, and they don't get into it, but I mean, he, he went in and faced the dragon when he probably wasn't ready, nor was he supposed to. And oh, then Kunlun he, just kind of had to deal with the fact, well, I guess he got the blessing, so crap, what do we do? Well, he said that he did all of the challenges that he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And, he said that. Well, yeah, he, yeah, he did say that. But... Um, yeah, that's that, that. That is a valid point. Maybe he just straight up jacked. This. That's the impression that I get, and that's why he's not that good at the job and doesn't quite understand the, the extent of his powers. I mean, he was he didn't realize that he you know when he looks at the film, he doesn't realize that both fists can glow, which means he probably didn't get a lot of lore passed down to him. He but, doesn't understand that he can use his chi to realign things. He doesn't understand he can use the iron fist to heal things. But it's common knowledge to everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was his first day. <laughs> I um, yeah. I mean, I, what Jeff is saying, I, I wondered the same thing. I wasn't sure which way it fell, but certainly when he and Davos are talking, and Danny, and then like they show Danny go to the cave, it doesn't seem like there's any kind of pomp or ceremony to it. It doesn't seem like it's all like, right. yes, our chosen warrior, go forth and he face the dragon. Up, crept in there in the middle of the night, right. leaving his buddy behind, <laughs> and came out with a tattoo in his chest. Right. And if it's anything like the comics, you don't need any martial training to defeat Shao Lao. You just need to know the gimmick. If you know the cheat. <laughs> You know, it's all you have to do. You gotta hug the stupid mark <laughs> until it gets weak and then run up and touch the heart. You know, so, uh, yeah, it's very possible he could do that without being all that great of a martial artist. Now, I know that during the series, Gao said something about she had a connection to Kunlun. Mm-hmm. Like, she had, like she had been there before. I think she's mm-hmm. from there originally. Mm-hmm. And her As symbol... And her symbol is the symbol of the dragon without the wings. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of hoping they expand on that. You know, like, like I want to see what they do with that. Yeah, the, um, Davos in the comics, that's his symbol. He's a guy that's known as uh, the Steel Serpent. And, right. um, and and his whole thing is he, he feels like he should have been the Iron Fist and he tries to drain that power from Danny. He wants to be the Iron Fist. Um, I'm wondering, because it seems like Gao, well, Gao is listening in on the conversation between Davos and Joy, and I wonder if that's where they're trying to go with those characters. Like, she's going to take Davos under her wing somehow, and he's going to take her symbol. Because the idea of, of having the dragon without the wings is basically like you are a fallen warrior of Kung Lung. So you, you use the symbol, but you have the right. wings removed. Like you have, you have been, you're, you're like a fallen angel. You know, you can't get back to that lofty place that you came from. Yeah, well, Davos lost to Danny already twice. <laughs> so he's not going to be much of a threat. 
Yeah. Well, she just needs to teach him how if you gently tap him, he'll fly across the room. She, she just needs to pass that on to Davos. Or if he buys an entire roll of aluminum foil, he can create those mad, crazy throwing stars <laughs> and take Danny out. Because evidently that cool trick that we were playing with, we, he forgot he could do. Right. <laughs> See? God, this show sucks. Origami throwing stars from uh, Tibet. Can't, I can't even. Why are we doing? God, son of a. When is Daredevil season three? That's gonna. Ref- that, that's that's what I need in my life to cleanse my palate. All right. So so so, uh, Eric, do you have any like thoughts on what you want to see with Dan, either in Defenders or in a hypothetical Iron Fist season two moving forward? I definitely want to see Danny grow into the character. I want him to realize his full potential and to stop whining. Yeah, I mean, especially, he needs to grow up. Yes, he does. And he needs to be way better than he is now. And, like, I'm not talking about the choreography. You know, I can suspend my disbelief on on that. (laughs) But, you know, the character that he's playing is a powerful character. And I just don't get that from what we've seen so far. You know, like, when he punched that building and it exploded, that was awesome. When he punched the shipping crate and it basically it almost blew the door off the hinges, that was awesome. When he punched the psych ward doors and blew them off their hinges, that was awesome. But he's capable of so much more than just punching stuff, and they need to tap into that. Yeah, I think you said it best when you get the impression that just on straight martial arts, Matt is better than Danny. And, and like daredevil's not a weak character right. by any stretch of the imagination but iron fish should be able to kick his ass 10 out of 10 times yeah and i don't get that impression from what we've seen so far so jeff is there any way that they can save this moving forward for you oh absolutely i think that it was it, it faltered out of the gate and tripped and fell on its face but it can definitely stand up and, and finish the race strong i think what we need in I'm going to go ahead and agree with the crack in there. Uh, Less whining. Mm. Dear God, come (laughs) up with a through line for the character and don't deviate. Either he's calm and collected or he's an emotional mess. He can't waffle between the two. It's not realistic and it doesn't play well. Pick one, stick with it. I would prefer the serene, calm Kung Fu master and let Luke Cage be the angry black man. And you get that cool dichotomy that made Heroes for Hire so awesome. And I'm, I'm going to disagree. I can't suspend my disbelief. It's not 1994. Uh, this isn't an action movie with Sylvester Stallone or Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, we've seen what they can do in Daredevil. And you've set the bar that high. I expect you to at least match it moving forward. Uh, we're investing in these shows as viewers and fans. I expect them to invest back in us and maintaining the same level of quality. And in a show that's called Iron Fist about a kung fu master, I expect some gosh darn mother fluffing kung fu. <laughs> like that's what I need in my life. I, I don't expect it in Je- I don't expect great fight choreography in Jessica Jones. I don't expect it in Luke Cage. I expect it in Daredevil. And I sure as crap expect it in Iron Fist. And that's what I want. Oh, and I want to see the costume. The costume would be nice too. What I've been saying is that I don't want the image of Iron Fist that we get in the intro song to be a better fighter than one that we have in the actual show. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so I'm like, that is the biggest disappointment of the series is that you start with this intro of him doing all this stuff and you don't see any of that in the show or very little of it. It's like, I want to see the actual guy doing it, not a CG mock-up. But yeah, I, I, I want the fighting. I, I have been spoiled. I have a friend that is super into kung fu cinema and has made me watch a ton of it. So I I want that. I, I want to see the crazy outland. I mean, it doesn't have to be crazy or outland. I would like that personally, but I would like to... I, I want to see decent kung fu at the very least. That's a minimum requirement. Right. I mean, the the more they can do, the the great. I get that it's a TV show and not a film, so there are limitations. But certainly, kung fu is not an expensive. It's not like we're trying to have a sci-fi epic. It's expensive in time commitment. Yes. It's expensive in the choreography. It's expensive in the training that needs to go into it. The standard rule for solid fight choreography is an hour of choreo for every. 10 seconds mm. of a fight and these guys are getting 15 minutes for minute long fights mm -hmm. it, it it doesn't add up you have to invest the time to and that's after the actors have been trained right that's act after someone like finn jones has been taught all the moves he's going to have to do to combine into this choreo to the point where he's got it looking perfect mm -hmm. and then the choreo is an hour for every 10 seconds of on screen fight time and they're not getting that and i'm coming close to that and it's just unacceptable. But yeah, I mean, because that's what I want. When I watch Iron Fist, that's what should make it different from other shows that I'm watching is Kung Fu. And uh, so, so I'm hoping that we get there. Yeah, I feel like uh, Danny needs to grow up. I definitely would love for them to go the Heroes for Hire route. I've said since the beginning that I was not happy that they're going with calling the group the Defenders. Because to me, the Defenders is a group that Doctor Strange put together. And, you know, this is not that group. And I, I would much rather have gone for a Heroes for Hire with perhaps... Uh, you know, a few characters like Daredevil that come in and help them out every once in a while. But like, you know, Jessica, Luke, and, and Danny certainly take paycheck, you know, can take a paycheck, you know, kind of thing for doing the, you know, the stuff that they do. And I wouldn't mind adding Jessica to that group um, as like a third person because she does like the investigation type stuff. But, uh, you know, but moving forward past Defenders, I would love to see that bromance with Luke and Danny. And I would like to see Danny mentored. I, I think that Orson Randall would be a good character to introduce to get Danny to the next level and hopefully get us, you know, a more Maybe serious Maybe they'll get take. Stick to train him. Stick could do it. I mean, they, they definitely want to try to, to link him in with Daredevil strongly, so Stick could do it. I would be worried about Danny if Stick was training him. <laughs> Just because Stick has agendas. But, yeah, I mean, that would certainly be another way they could do it without having to add another character to at least give him the skills. But, uh, yeah, I mean, otherwise, I'm fine with what, you know, with Netflix and what they've been doing with the Marvel stuff in general. I feel like they just need to stop being hesitant, because the thing that I still see watching this show, every move that they make seems to be one of not being sure whether they should go left or right. Instead of just picking a direction, they kind of waffle. It's like what Jeff said, even about Danny's personality. They're waffling. They need to just pick something and go with it, so... That's that's kind of my take on it. And um, so, do you guys have anything else that's just burning inside of you that you need to say about Iron Fist? Yes, I absolutely do. 
if you want to learn more about Iron Fist, and if you if you read the comics a long time ago, you got out of it, whatever, I cannot recommend any more highly uh, the run that, the run that happened last year, written by K, written and drawn by Care Andrews, Iron Fist: The Living Weapon. Uh, it was a mini series. It was absolutely insane in the best way possible, and gives you a great glimpse into the character. Out of all the runs I've ever read, that was hands down my favorite, and I just want to point it out there for people that maybe missed it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I I'm a, I like the Claremont Burn stuff that I just read recently. Um, you know, those are names that comic readers uh, will recognize. I had not been aware that they were the ones who did the original Iron Fist series. I knew Claremont wrote it. I was I didn't know that Burn was the artist. Um, and they even wrote um, some stuff later after that. And then I was reading uh, Brubaker's run. It came from 2007, I think. And both of those are are solid. Also, um, also, but uh, obviously, uh, you know the the seventies stuff, the Claremont Burn stuff. You know, only if you like seventies type comics. Uh, it's definitely a different kind of storytelling, but I think it still reads pretty well. But uh, the Brubaker stuff definitely adds to the legend while staying true to everything that came before, uh, and is a, a pretty interesting take on Iron Fist. But uh, Eric, do you have anything that you want to, uh, or that you have a burning desire to say about Iron Fist? Nah, I think we pretty much covered it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's uh, do our uh, do our say our goodbyes and let people know where they can find you. So uh, why don't we start with you, Eric? Thanks for listening. Unfortunately, I'm not really on the internet, so you can't really find me. <laughs> don't you have a blog or something that you do about uh, your playthrough of of video games? I have my Facebook page. Oh, okay. That's about it. I thought you were running a blog at one point. Did you abandon that? Uh, yes, I did. I, like, I, I made, like, ten posts, and I think I got, like, one reader. Okay. And got, got kind of discouraged and <laughs> ran out of time. All right. I'm sorry I brought it up then, but it's great to have you on, Eric. Anytime. All right, Jeff, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you? Well, thanks a lot for having me on. I had a great time talking about Poop Fist. Uh, it was it was fantastic. Seriously, though, uh, I, I do appreciate it. Uh, it was it was fun revisiting this topic, which I've ranted a, about several times in the past. I did most of my ranting on Twitter, which uh, you can find me if you care to talk about comics, fitness, anything else you want, at the Mighty Jerd. Uh, and like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast here, uh, if you're interested in my ramblings and chats about fitness and geeky culture, uh, you can find us at the Geek Fitness Matters podcast. And that's at GFM podcast on Twitter as well. And you can always find me at my website, www.thejerd.com. Yeah, I'll put out a shout out for uh, the Geek Fitness Matters podcast, too, because I've been listening to it as well and uh, really enjoy it. Jeff and Ryan, they've got a nice conversational way of going about things, and they they keep it fun while also uh, you know talking about uh, you know how to how to stay fit and how to keep your motivation strong and stuff like that. So it's really fun. But uh, thanks for uh, coming on board, Jeff. No problem, man. Anytime. And that's the end of our second Iron Fist episode. I'm glad that I got to get this in before the new season of Iron Fist starts. It looks from how he's been depicted in Luke Cage like they've listened to a lot of the fan comments about his character and have improved it. So I'm very optimistic about uh, season two of Iron Fist. But of course, come back uh, when we do our Iron Fist season two episode, which should premiere at some point before Iron Fist season three comes out. <laughs>
<laughs> I am working hard on trying to catch up on the backlog so that we don't uh, do this, but I do kind of like releasing these reviews just before a new season of a show hits, because as long as I can get that timing right, then it's it acts as a refresher also for uh, the previous season of the show. But I also want to know what you think. Do you like that way of doing things? Do you think that I should release reviews closer to when the show actually airs? Do you like the guests that we've had on? Do you like the topics? Let me know. You can do that by emailing us at everything at 42cast.com. You can drop a line on the Facebook at 42cast.com slash Facebook. You can do that on Twitter at at 42cast. You can also drop us a line on our website at 42cast.com, or you can leave reviews on Stitcher Radio or iTunes. I also want to put in a shout out for the ESO Patreon. I don't have any content up there yet, but I know that a lot of the shows on the ESO network do. So please look into that, um, see if you can contribute, uh, because that money will go to helping to keep all of our shows on the air, or on the internet, whatever. <laughs> I still don't know what the protocol is for. Still still broadcasting through the web? I, I don't know. If somebody knows how to properly refer to that, then drop me a line at everything at 42cast.com or any of the other ways that I said, because I, I really want to know what the proper terminology is for that. So join us back here next week when Scott Glenn will not be joining us. And until then, this is Nathan signing off. You've been listening to the 42 cast copyright 2018. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42 cast.com. Theme music is sharper swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. Incidental music is provided with permission by Fur DK. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.